Hello everybody and welcome to First and Goal, the hardest hitting up and coming ACC and SEC football podcast on the internet. Today we're coming at you with the 2021 North Carolina Tar Heels. Tar Heels are coming off of a 7-4 2020 record, 7-3 in the ACC. They had some highs last year, they had some lows. Big thing we're going to be talking about is can head coach Mac Brown get back to the prominent land and are these guys going to do it? Or is this actually a rebuild in disguise? But before we jump off in this thing, you know what to do. Go ahead and buckle up that chin strap. Make sure that mouthpiece is in. It's going to be a hard hitter. Let's get it. Coming at you Friday, July 23rd, July 23rd in the year 2021. I'm your host, Ben, joined here by my co-host once again, Big Rob. How you doing there, buddy? I'm doing good, doing good. Ready to put the women and children to bed and go looking for some dinner. Damn right, that's what I'm talking about. We're going to get into this thing. These 2021 Tar Heels, led by head coach Mac Brown. Offensive coordinator Phil Lango, defensive coordinator Jay Bateman, and Tommy Thigpen. That's right, you got two of them, co-defensive coordinators. I don't understand that. I figure you would want one man to come in here and clean up the mess from last year, but hey, why not two of them to share the mess, I guess. Hey, sometimes it takes two to clean up a big mess of what they had last year. Yes, sir, yes, sir. There's a lot of straighten up on this here team. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, I really don't know what to think of this North Carolina team, honestly. I mean, I want to pull for them. I want to say, come on, guys, let's go ahead and get to the playoffs, do something North Carolina has never done before, be great. But after last year and the Florida State games and looking at some of these stats from last year and looking over spring film and everything else, you got a lot of good things in there. you got a great quarterback in Mr. Sam Howell coming back. But damn, there's a lot of question marks in this team. Very, very many question marks on this team, including Mr. Sam Hallis self. There is a couple of things that, that he's done that we're not too fond about, and we'll get into that here in just a little bit. But not only that, but you've lost a lot of good players. You've Your defense isn't what it needs to be, but I don't know. I just I want to pull for him over Clemson. I came in thinking that they were going to be as good if at Clemson until we did the film study, but now they scare me. Exactly, and I mean, before we even get into this, let's go ahead and address the big ugly chick in the room. All right, you know what I'm saying? Let's go ahead and get the ugly out of the way. We ain't going to beat around the damn bush. Let's get it all out there in the open. All right, right off the rip, you're losing Javante Williams and Michael Carter last year. Quite possibly the absolute best one-two punch, thunder and lightning running back combo that the NCAA had all year long. And just losing that running back combo, you were losing 3,100 total yards coming out of your 2020 offense. 3,100 total yards. That is between two running backs. All right. Then when you get rid of them, you're losing two wide receivers and Mr. Daz Newsom and Diami Brown. Just those two guys. That's 1,700 more yards in 2020. And that's receiving. So between four guys right there, you're losing 4,800 total yards from last year coming in this year. That's a big damn gap. That's not a little huge. That's not a little thing to build a bridge over. That's the Grand Damn Canyon. Yeah, that is huge. And I don't know that you're going to be able to get that big ugly chicken out the room. They're going to have to snuff that rooster, but I don't think they're going to be able to. No, sir. I mean, I'm telling you, that rushing game last year is what really kept them moving. And I mean. You listen to ACC kickoff this week. There's a lot of great things going on there. You listen to some of your North Carolina players, and they're saying, oh, some of these guys, they're upset because all they're talking about is what we had last year, and nobody's mentioning these new guys coming in, and they got a chip on their shoulder and everything else. I mean, hey, I mean, there's a reason we're talking about them. I mean, if you want to be talked about, maybe you should have put up some stats last year. That's my personal damn feelings on the whole thing. I mean, don't get mad. Get productive. Don't get mad. Do something for us to talk about. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, I want to see this team do good things. I mean, they very well could do it. They got a grad transfer coming in at the running back position. Is he as great as either one of these guys coming in? Maybe not, but he could be a balance between both of them because last year you had the Thunder and you had the Lightning. I mean, Javante Williams, that was a smash mouth in your face running back right there. I mean, he hurt feelings all season long. But then you had the Lightning and Michael Carter, who was a very shifty back, able to get outside, escape the danger, able to juke in and out, hit the spin move. I mean, very good speed. That was your Lightning. Yes, sir. I mean, it was really a perfect combination between two of them. Because, I mean, if one gets tired, you bring in the other one, and, I mean, he picks up right where one left off. And, I mean. Yeah, and, you know, just like you said, they, the one was thunder. He was your, you know, run him over, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust sort of back. The other one's your lightning, get down the field, you know, make plays. And it was hard for a defense to really be ready for both situations in a game. That's what I'm saying, man. I mean, hell. In football nowadays, if you have a 1,000-yard rusher, it's a big deal. That's awesome to have a 1,000-yard rusher. They had two, okay? Then that's not even counting the receiving yards they both accounted for. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a huge target for Sam Howell out the backfield last year. I mean, a lot of times he had pressure on him. He was able to check down. And the good thing about those guys is, hell, they catch a short pass, ain't one or two yards, break a tackle, and the next thing you know, you got a 15, 20-yard play. Well, that's what I was just about to say, that – offensive line did great with the rush block but when it came to pass katie bar the door sam get out the way drop it off to the closest receiver because you are going down if you don't yes sir i mean that's a good reason why he was the most sacked quarterback in the acc last year yeah we watched a couple of games i watched the virginia game last year or you know just a couple of days ago look going over last year's virginia game and I felt so bad for that kid, and I, I'm just surprised he didn't go to the NFL this year just to get away from that offense. Yeah, I mean, there's two ways to look at it. I mean, on that offensive line, you got four out of five starters returning. And, I mean, that's pretty that's pretty damn good thing to look forward to. But at the same time, if you were the most sacked quarterback in the NCAA last year, I don't know how much you trust them four guys coming back because you got to look them in the face and say, um, so what are we going to do different this year, guys? Yeah, I'm telling you. Sam, I think needs to take some of that name, image, likeness money and go buy him a couple of steak dinners or something at the chop house. I don't know. I really don't know, man. I don't know what to tell him. But uh, even then, I mean, Sam Howell, one thing he did do is last year he put up his second consecutive year of throwing for over 3,000 yards. I mean, that's pretty damn impressive, especially when you're the most sacked quarterback in college football. You're still putting up numbers like that and proving that you are one of the very best in the damn game right now. Yeah, that ain't no joke. He's When the kid has time, he can pick a defense apart. But it's just finding the time to be able to locate those open receivers down the field. He could take the top off like nobody else. But, you know, if you've only got one and a half seconds before you're getting a big man down the field down your throat, I mean, what can you do? That's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, this kid, he's got the most natural talent. I mean, I have any quarterback I've seen in a while. Everybody talked about Trevor Lawrence, but – and, hell, a lot of people talked about JT Daniels. We did last week. I think Sam Howell's better than all of them, naturally. I mean, if you give him time in the pocket, he can throw it over the top. He can hit him crossing over the middle. He can be standing on one hash mark and throw it across the field to the other hash mark. He can throw it on the run. He can do so many things. He can move around, create a little bit of time in the pocket. He is the total package. But when you're getting hit every damn play, I don't care how good you are, you can't win all your football games doing that. You're going to lose some. You just can't. You just can't, and it causes bad habits. We've noticed in a couple of games that we've watched that because he's been hit so many times, he keys in on one target and tries to get the ball to him just as soon as the ball snapped, which is making these defensive backs come up, knock down the ball, or even you know pick it off. He's just not getting the time he needs. Yeah, and he's got a little bit of the Baker Mayfield syndrome. I notice he loves to pump fake that football where he gets a little hesitant, <laughs> where he gets a little nervous and everything. Baker had an issue with that, but uh, one thing I can say also is what helped him a lot with his passing game last year is they had a great rushing rushing attack, very similar to Baker Mayfield last year with Cleveland with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I mean. You get two great running backs and have a great rushing attack, it can really help you with your passing game. But same time, at least Baker had the best offensive line in the NFL. Sam Howe in college football last year, 
it wasn't pretty. And don't don't think for a second I'm trying to knock these fellas. I'm trying to trash them or bash them or anything else. But I'm going to tell it like it is flat out. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. If you didn't play well, I'm going to let you know about it. I'm going to speak my mind on this. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, he had 3,500 yards because of this offensive line. This offensive line is the reason they were a 7-4 team. That's not the damn truth. I'd love to say it, hell. I think linemen are the very most important games, I mean, the very most important players on the damn field in any football game. I didn't know linemen played, I didn't know linemen was games. Kiss my ass. <laughs> but they are the most important guys on the football field in a football game. You know what I'm saying? They really are. They're the make or break. And I'm just saying. They were good enough to win seven games last year. But if they was really doing what they are supposed to do, if they was protecting Sam Howell the way he should have been protected, if they had played to their full potential, hell, that 7-4, I mean, that could very well be an 11-0. I'm telling you, they very well could have competed with Clemson last year for the ACC championship had Sam Howell got the protection that he needed. That's exactly right. Another thing is uh, – Mac Brown, he's a legendary coach. Think a lot of him, but at the same time, he he's had a little bit of a, I don't know what you want to call it, but they uh goose egg syndrome. Yeah, they they they've been known to lay an egg every now and then. Going back to the Texas days, that's a damn chicken. That ain't a goose. I ain't never heard a goose do that. The hell is wrong with you? You got your birds mixed up. You've been drinking too much this damn evening. Speaking of which, let me grab it real quick. That's just what you need. You already mixing up chickens and geese. <laughs> Great Lord. But I mean, Texas has laid a few eggs over the years, and I mean, North Carolina, they played some great games last year, but then you look at that Florida State fiasco last year, and boy, that was that was a disaster. Tell us a little bit about that game. Do I have to? No, you don't have to, but I think the fans <laughs> might would like to hear a little bit of it. They didn't I mean, watch it. I mean, which part you want to know about? You want to know about where the special teams was getting punts blocked? You want to know about where. Sam Howell was running for his damn life the whole game and getting his head taken off nonstop. You want to know where the rushing game got shut down after a while? I mean, let's let's talk about those punt blocks. That sounds like a good place to start. All right. Um, what was we talking about a little while ago? What's it called? Oh yeah, the line. <laughs> That's that same line. The whole thing we're going on right there. I mean, Florida State last year was one of the worst teams in ACC held. It was probably one of the worst teams in the nation last year. They were, they were in shambles. But the thing about it is what they did with those punt blocks was kind of genius. They overloaded one side of the ball, the short side, and they were able to get through and, you know, get to the kicks twice. It's smart, but at the same time, everybody does that. Mm-hmm. Hell, high school teams are doing that. You got to know. You got to stand up to these guys. You got to create time. You know how far a damn punter is behind that line of scrimmage? Quite a few quite a few yards away. There's a reason you got to have a damn long snapper in there to get the ball to him and just not a regular old center. He's way back there. And when you got a 340-pound, 330-pound defensive lineman getting through that line, running his chunky ass all the way back there to the punter, and he getting a hand on along the ball. The way. Yeah, <laughs> and then getting a hand on the ball, I mean, great God. Special teams coach needed to be fired. I'm not going to call for the man's job. I mean, hell, everybody's got to have a job. Everybody's got to feed their family. I ain't going to say that, but he needs to get his shit together. Excuse my French, but you got to get together, dude. I mean, you can't be having that. No, you, you really can't. You got you to gotta get the best people out there blocking because that's where turnovers win games. Plain and simple. Turnovers win games. Well, there's no reason – they should be losing to Florida State last year. This ain't the Florida State of the Bobby Bowden days, which, by the way, our thoughts and prayers are with Mr. Bowden. Yes, sir. Let's go ahead and uh, give Mr. Bowden a shout-out. Uh, some horrible news came out over the last few days about Mr. Bowden's health. Yes, sir. He's a true legend, one of the best coaches of all time, a great person, a great individual. Um, nothing but respect to the man. I'm telling you, just just a true legend out there at Florida State. Uh, he even coached ball out there in West Virginia um, back in the 70s. It 
just a true legend and thoughts prayers everything go out to the family and you know it, it's just a horrible thing yes sir but um back to what we were talking about is he Florida State, these are not the Bobby Bowden Seminoles no. that they played last year. I mean, hell, they wasn't even the Willie Taggart Seminoles. And that was that was awful. That was a fiasco in itself. What was his name, <laughs> Willie Taggart? I think so, yeah. I don't know what it was. He shouldn't have been there long enough for anybody to remember it the way they, they played with him. Good gracious. But that's why nobody remembers his name. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. I mean, but it was not a very good Florida State team at all. And, I mean, they pushed North Carolina around the whole game. Blew up special teams. Their defense lit up their offense. North Carolina's defense couldn't stop Florida State's offense. And, I mean, we're going to get in that in a bit. But that was a reoccurring case with a lot of damn teams last year. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this team's got to get it together. They got all the pieces to do it. Or at least they did last year. I don't know about this year. They definitely got the quarterback to do it. And here's the thing. If they won't – to do anything, it's going to have to be this year. Because I promise you, Sam Howe takes them shots that this year they did it last year, this man's going to the NFL. Oh, without a doubt. And, I mean, also, if he has another over 3,000-yard season throwing the ball three years back-to-back, he's going to the NFL. He go. Because, I mean, you're not going to risk want to risk injury. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, you're going to be a first-round pick. He could have been a first-round pick last year. He's going. To, he could very well be the number one pick in the draft this year. Very very well could. And, you know, the, he's even has a good chance at the Heisman if, he, if the team can get their crap together. That's exactly right. I mean, he could very easily be a Heisman candidate. But at the same damn time, you don't hear a whole lot of – Heisman winners coming from five lost teams. That's true. And I mean, one thing you got to think about too is this team here. You're gonna be tested right off the rip. Your very first game, you're going on the road, Virginia Tech Hokies in Hokie Town, Blacksburg, Virginia, on a Friday night. That is where they come out. That is where they shine. You play Virginia Tech on a Friday night. Them boys is coming to play. Friday night lights. Yes, sir. I mean. If you're North Carolina, you better make sure you got everything in line because if you don't, you could very well wear an ass cut in the first week out. Do I think they will? They shouldn't, but it's possible. It just depends on what team shows up. Exactly. I mean, I want to buy into this team, but I don't know if I 100% can buy into this team. Turn your damn volume off on your phone over there. Rude bastard. But uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can buy into this team until I see some consistency. They got to prove me wrong. Don't prove me wrong. Prove everybody wrong. You got pumped up last year because you were the number five team in the nation at one point. Who the hell was playing? You was number five team in the nation. And you played an unranked Florida State and got spanked. You didn't get beat. You got spanked. The score looked close, but I promise you, that game was not close at all. No, no. With everything that we've seen, there was nothing close about that game. Florida State had their number from opening kickoff to the last play of the game. It it wasn't even really a close game with, you know, everything that was going on, the the block kicks, turnovers. It, It was just really, really sad to watch. Hell, the quarterback's very first play out there on the damn field, he went, what, 40 yards untouched? Mm-hmm. I mean, shit. Excuse, excuse my language. I got to work on my language, y'all. I'm sorry. But <laughs> I'm going to buy a bar of soap. This damn team here, it'll make you cuss. Yeah. It'll drive you crazy because, I mean, you got talent. You got players returning. You got a great head coach. I mean, a great culture. These kids, I mean, they're bought in. They love the school. Sam Howe, I think that's one of the most damn humble players and probably one of the smartest players, too, I've ever heard. Yeah. But you got to give him the tools to work with. And, I mean, not just give him tools because he's got the tools. 
But you got to show up every Saturday ready to play football. You can't have 11 games and say, okay, well, we're going to play our asses off in eight of them. But in the other three, I mean, we'll just show up and we'll win those. Yeah, you no. can't do that in college football nowadays. Yeah, no. Sam Howell might be the best quarterback in the NCAA as it stands. Sam Howell alone's not going to win games. He'll win a few. He'll win a few, but not if the line's not blocking for him, if his receivers aren't catching, you know, if his defense ain't getting the other team off the field so he can get there and score. One man can't win a game. No, absolutely not. I mean, you look at two of the games they lost last year in the regular season, Florida State and Virginia. That's schools they should have beat hands down without any issue slaughter. whatsoever. Should have been a slaughter. That's exactly right. And see, they were 7-4. of four. But, hell, there's two other games in there that they barely squeaked by. I mean, Wake Forest last year. Wake Forest put up 53 points on them. How many yards? Shit, let me see real quick. Last year, they put up 606 total oh. yards on North Carolina's one defense last game. year. Wake Forest, 606 yards the in one Demon game. The Demon Deacons. Yeah, the Demon Deacons. We ain't talking about the Alabama Crimson Tide. Whew. I mean, hell, we ain't even talking about Virginia Tech. We're talking about Wake Forest. 606 total yards. They was averaging... 6.7 yards of play in that game. Every two plays, that's a first down. Yes, sir. I mean, damn. God. Where the hell's the defense at? I'm going to get started on y'all in a minute. You think I'm ragging these offensive linemen? Don't y'all wait. Your turn is coming, too. I promise you. Dun, dun, dun. I like this team. I, they got a ton of potential. But, boy, there's some butt chewing going on here. There's yeah. going to be some butt chewing going on this evening. If you're a North Carolina fan. We saw you, Bo. You, you probably ain't going to like me every night, but you know what? I'm just telling you the truth. Yes, sir. I don't care if you like it or not. Yes, sir. Hey, we from South Carolina. We root for y'all up here in North Carolina in the ACC. But you got to call it as it is. Damn right. I mean, this show here is first and goal. This is not... Oh, we're going to be biased, and we're just going to support all these couple teams, and mm-hmm. we're going to sugarcoat it. Mm-hmm. Hell no, you screw up. We're going to ream you out about it. Oh, yeah. I'm a diehard South Carolina Gamecock fan. Program's been a damn joke the last several years. Do I think it's getting better? Hell yeah. Do I think there's a lot of hope? Hell yeah. Do I think they're going to go out and win 10, 11 games this year? Absolutely hell, hell no. no. Hell no. I mean... Call it what it is. But while we're talking about this team, let's go ahead and mention a few guys that they do have coming on this offense this year, a few notable players that's going to be filling in the slack for these missing guys. And we're going to see if we do think they can fill these shoes up. All right, let's see what we got going on here. Right off the rip, uh, you're losing your two running backs last year. That's going to be a huge blow. You got a guy coming in. I'm not going to say he's a guy. He's a dude. He's a dude. Big dude. He's, he's a player. He ain't no damn slouch. No. Mr. Ty Chandler, he's a grad transfer coming out of Tennessee. Had 3,245 total yards while he was there. So, I mean, he's been on the field. He's put up stats, and that's in the SEC. Really good competition. But uh, is he Javante Williams and Michael Carter? No. No. Is he a good balance of the two put together? I'd say yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, the thing is, last year you had two running backs. Are you going to be able to depend on just the one, or are we going to have to find a second one to, to even to balance out like they did last year? I think they got a second guy they're going to be working in a rotation with them. Um, I think his last name's Howard. I can't recall off the top of my damn head. It's number 23. He looked pretty impressive in the spring game. I believe that's going to be their number two man. But uh, he's green. Ain't a whole lot of experience there, so, I mean, you really don't know what the hell you're getting. Right. You might be getting Emmett Smith. And, hell, you might be getting, shit, I don't even know, Uncle Rico. <laughs> I mean, you know, you just never really know when it when it comes with a freshman on what you're going to get. That's exactly right, man. But uh, it's, it's, it's like a box of chocolates. 
at least you do have a SEC starter from last year coming in to take over, and he's gonna put up numbers for you. Yeah. I think I think he'll be a productive guy. Yeah, I think he's. But, I, I think he's gonna put up some good numbers. He may even, you know, reach that thousand yard mark. It, it, you know, you can't really say it's too early in the season, but he, he'll, you know, if he stays healthy, he'll hit a thousand yards. Just the way this offense set up, the way they run the ball, mm-hmm. he'll definitely have over a thousand all-purpose yards. Rushing yards, I feel like he will. Just the way they run the ball so damn much, mm-hmm. you can't go from a system they had last year, and the way they ran it was that reliant on it, right? And throw it to the wind, right? He's gonna get touches. Oh yeah, and I mean, that's what makes no damn sense is this North Carolina offensive line. Bro, they can run. They can run block like hell. They can push boys around. I mean, when it comes to run blocking, these guys are great. Mm-hmm. They get to the second level exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. With I a mean, few they, fa- with a few pancakes in between. Yeah. So I mean, I'm gonna give y'all credit there. Run blocking, y'all are y'all are great. These guys who put up them huge numbers last year, they couldn't do that without you. Mm-hmm. So my hats off to y'all. But at the same time, last year you had Javante Williams breaking a lot of tackles in the backfield here and there, making up some yards. So. But how are you going to be the best rushing team in the ACC and then have the most sacks in the ACC? How does that happen? I don't know. I really, really do not know. I know what it is. North Carolina and South Carolina always argue over who's the real Carolina. Mm-hmm. I think they both the same in the damn one. <laughs> you think about it, last year, South Carolina, Kevin Harris. Yes, sir. Number one rusher in the SEC. I don't even know how many sacks they gave up last year, but I'm pretty sure they were worse than the SEC giving up sacks. I'd say so. And then their brother from the north, North Carolina, I mean, same damn thing. How the hell does that happen? Something in the water. God damn. <laughs> Start drinking Gatorade. Or beer. Let me get another drink. Or you should say, put it down. <laughs> put it down, buddy. We don't need you on a bender. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I mean, this offensive line, they run block great. They just they got to get past giving up these sacks. But Ty Chandler coming in, he's going to take a little heat off of Sam Howell. He's going to fill in a role. He could be a good player. He could be special for him this year. In the receiver position, you do have a couple – Great guys still coming back. You got Coffrey Brown. I think that's how I pronounce it right. Coffrey. Caffrey, maybe? Caffrey, Coffrey, whatever. Mr. Brown. (laughs) He put up some good numbers last year. He's a hell of a playmaker. Big, big, big time speed. Get out there in the open field, make a big play. He's going to be a great deep threat for Mr. Sam Howell. You also got Emory Simmons coming back. Mm -hmm. He had some great plays last year, some moments of brilliance. I mean, these guys last year they flashed some moments of brilliance. They wasn't they wasn't the big time deal like Diami Brown and Daz Newsom. But they showed potential. They they showed hope. So that's something you've got to look forward to going in this year. And don't forget tight end Garrett Walston either. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, they definitely utilize the hell out of the tight end position, which I mean in college football nowadays everybody does, but they use their wide receivers a lot more than a lot of teams do still. Which, I mean, you got an old school coach, Mr. Mac Brown, up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> it's, it's going to be interesting to see if they can put up the same numbers they did last year. I think you got such a great quarterback that he's going he's gonna to have a hell of a season no matter what. I just hope this offensive line can keep him healthy. And with four out of five stars returning, I feel like with the whole off season, maybe these guys are able to get it together and improve on their pass blocking. And I'm sure he's probably been in their ear all off season too, telling them, saying, "Hey, you better keep my butt safe next year, man." Oh yeah, and especially if you listen to him in the uh, the ACC days, uh, whenever he he was talking to the media, the man didn't sound like a player. He sounded like a dang coach. He really did. I mean, hell, Mac Brown, he was joking around saying that. Uh, with this whole new, what's it called, um, the payment thing. Is oh, yeah, the uh, name, image, likeness, NIL. That's right. He was joking around saying, 
if he had known about it then, that he uh, would have tried to figure out if he could have Sam Howell as his quarterback and his offensive coordinator because, <laughs> hell, he knew the offense better than anybody on the team or even on the coaching staff. Yeah, he really did. And, you know, he was even talking about, you know, getting his receivers out there, throwing the ball around. He didn't necessarily say that, you know, he was, you know, just throwing the ball around with them or getting them ready. He said that basically he was running the drills. He was running the practice. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, he said he had receivers out there. He was spending extra time with them this offseason, running them, showing them things, helping them get familiar with the playbook, get familiar with how he wants them to run routes, everything else. But he also said he spent time with the running back room, watching film with those guys, going over last year's film, showing them things they can do, mm -hmm. things to look for and all that, trying to help teach them and everything. I mean, this man's spending time. I mean, he's an epitome of a leader. Boy, you can't ask for a better leader than I mean. No, you can't. Spending all your extra time, you're a damn star athlete in college, and you're spending your offseason focusing on your receivers for next year, spending time focusing on your running backs for next year. He did spend some time with his offensive line, he mentioned, hopefully a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the thing with Sam Howell, to speak of what kind of leader he is, just, you know, honorable mention, he stood up and said that, his name, image, likeness, money, he didn't want it. He wanted it spent amongst his teammates, those that really didn't get the recognition that they deserve. That's exactly right. He said he did not want to make it all about the quarterback position. He wanted to see if there was a way where you could set it up where the money would basically be divided up within a group. That way your second string guy that's a guard or something, he might come in and make a few plays every game, but he's not going to get name image like this because he's not a big-time guy. Right. But he wants to make it where his teammates can all get a piece of the pie and help everybody. And I mean, that's a true leader, and that speaks volumes on Sam Howell. His character alone is just, you know, that that's what you want, especially in a pro team. I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, he just, just the character, the swagger of him, the dedication, the focus. The man's a damn perfectionist. That's, I think that's got a lot to do with some of the sacks he had last year. There's a few of them where he held on to the ball too long just because he was looking downfield because he just wanted so bad to make that big play. He didn't want to throw the ball in these low plays. He didn't want to throw it out of bounds. He wanted to hang on that ball. And It's like every time he has that ball, he wants either a first down or a touchdown no matter what. He's a perfectionist. Perfectionist, and he just – he don't – I don't know. It just seems like he doesn't think about getting the short yards just to try to get a couple of yards to make it easier on him for the next series. He just he just wants to to get it done, get off the field, get those points, and you know just do it. Well, I think it's a lot of that, but also when your defense is giving up a pile of points, like I said, I'm coming for y'all. I will be getting on y'all here shortly. Yep. But when your defense is letting teams get out ahead of you like Florida State, like Wake Forest. I mean, some of these teams they play at your Boston College. It becomes a shootout. Your defense can't stop them. And instead of him thinking, okay, let's get the first down or let's get five yards this play or eight yards this play and then we'll chug at it along and along, his whole thing is I need these points right now and I need to get these points as fast as I can to keep as much time on that clock as I can because I know they're going to score again. Yep. And – that just puts your offense against your defense as far as trust goes. And, you know, that, that makes a bad dynamic in the locker room. Oh, it really does, man. I mean, you got to have trust on the whole team. And I think he trusts his teammates. I think he really wants them to do better, and he'll help them any way he can. But at the same time, I mean, when you're giving up 53 points to Wake Forest, that's not a team that you get in shootouts with. I mean, don't no. get me wrong, they had a – they had a pretty good offense last year. They're not a bad team, but at the same time, that's not Alabama. That's not the Georgia Bulldogs. That's that's not, not the Texas Clemson. Not, no, not Clemson. <laughs> no, I mean it is it is what it is. It's Wake Forest. I mean, you'd think they were Ohio State or something. Exactly. I mean, it was it was crazy. They were like a damn national championship team in that game. Their offense looked insane the way they was running over yeah. North Carolina. I mean. Gaps everywhere, steady making plays. They was running the ball. They was throwing the ball all over the field, spreading it, deep passes, short passes over the middle. I mean, it just – it was rough. 
to you. Well, you want to try to break down this offense a little bit before we uh, move over to um, chew out some defensive asses? I think we've broken down and humbled them pretty good. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I, I think we've done enough with them fellas. All right. What what kind of time do we have on the clock? Oh, let's see here. Oh, we're good to go. we got a little while yet. All right. So let's move it on over to that defense, shall we? Let's get at it. Please, let, let's do it. <laughs> Matter of fact, when we get into it, we're going to talk defense right now, right? Yep. Let me just go ahead and mention a few numbers for you, okay? Y'all better hide. 606 yards, 6.6 .6 yards per play. That's what y'all gave weight for us last year. How about 478 total yards? Seven yards per play. Oh. Notre Dame. 457 total yards. Seven and a half yards per play. Texas A&M. Virginia Tech. This ain't Virginia Tech of the Frank Beamer days. This ain't Virginia Tech with Michael Vick. Or even Michael Vick's little brother. Virginia Tech last year. 495 yards. Averaging 6.4 yards per play. Ooh. Virginia Cavaliers. 5.7 yards per play. 418 total yards. The Duke Blue Devils. 411 Duke? yards. 5.6 yards per game. Duke Blue Devils. <laughs> Did you know they had a football team? I, I thought that. they were just basketball. I know. I mean, I knew they had a football team, but I thought it was just something they just did for fun on the weekends JV every now and then. 5.6 yards per play, 411 total yards. God almighty day. Duke was averaging getting a first down every other damn play with those yards per play stats. Florida State, the Seminoles. Florida State now. They ain't been good in like five years. More like Fresno State. <laughs> 432 total yards, but they averaged eight yards per play. They averaged eight yards every time that ball was snapped. God. Eight yards. I think old Mac Brown, though, has a uh, mental block when it comes to Florida State. I don't know what the hell is going on with that. I mean, they ain't, they ain't beat them yet. No. Him, Sam Howell, a whole bunch, they hate Florida State, and they say, oh, we're not worried about them. They're in the middle of our schedule. Well, that, that's why they're getting beat, because they ain't worried about them, I guess. Well, damn. It might be time to start worrying, because you're 0-2. Yep. I mean, all those all those games I just gave you were 400 or more yards, total yards a game, 600 to Wake Forest, which is insanity, 8 yards of play. To Florida State. 6-7. Wake Forest. 5.6 to Duke. Mm -mm -mm. Duke. At some point, you've got to have a little bit of pride about yourself if you're a defensive man and say, they ain't going to gain another yard. Exactly. I mean, damn, sooner or later, you just got to... That's what I'm saying. I understand the game has changed. Yeah. You're going to have some high-scoring games. But Wake Forest putting up 53 points on you? What the hell are you going to do if you get to the playoffs? Look, I completely understand that these are just kids out here playing the game. But this is a damn man's game. I don't care how old you are, it's a man's game. You've got to nut up or shut up. You're going to have to get tough, get out there and knock some people's heads off. You just got to stop teams. You can't go out there and let them get a touchdown every time. You can't let them get a touchdown or a field goal every other drive. I mean, yeah, they won several games last year. They won seven games. But, hell, out of seven games, there was four of them they could have easily lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, Boston College, that was a nail-biter. Yeah. Wake Forest was a nail-biter. Virginia Tech, that was a close game. <laughs> I don't get it. 
I really, really, really just don't get it. Defense, you, I can understand a team having a bad defense. Hell, Carolina had an atrocious one last year, but there's still some bright spots on that defense. You still had a couple of those players that had a little bit of pride about themselves. One thing I can say about this North Carolina defense, they do have a bright spot at outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. They got a hell of a pass rush. Mm-hmm. Well, they have a hell of a pass rusher. Yeah. They've actually got two linebackers, Toman Fox and Jeremiah Gemmel. Fox is uh, one of the, you know, one of the team's top pass rushers from the outside, and Gemmel is a force in the middle of the field when they want to play. Exactly. I mean, that's great, but if your secondary's got more holes than a slice of Swiss cheese. <laughs> What the hell are you going to do when the ball gets out of the quarterback's hand? First down. First down. Hell, look at the Wake Forest game last year. There was plays where they had not one, not man coverage, not double coverage, triple coverage on wide receivers. Yeah. And I think the quarterback's name was Hartman for Wake Forest. Uh, that sounds right, yeah. Slinging the ball up in the air and just dropping it. Receiver catches it, goes down with it. How the hell you drop a ball on three people and not one of them can get a hand on the ball? They didn't even try. They just stood there. Yeah. I mean, everybody makes mistakes, man, but that's what's frustrating me with this team is you got a legendary coach, Mac Brown. Come on, man. Come on, Mac. Yeah, you got to do something, Bo. You don't want your, your, your status to be tarnished over – a defense that has so many holes. I mean, his status ain't going to be tarnished because he has taken a North Carolina team that I'm not going to say they're irrelevant because they were going to some ACC championship games. They had some good years before Matt got there, but for a long time they were a pretty well irrelevant football team. They were pretty much a Duke or a Wake Forest. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they wasn't a real contender for the ACC for a long time. But, I mean, if you just want to come in here and you want to win seven games a year, maybe eight, then, hey, you're in a good place. Yeah. But if you're going to come out and you're going to talk championships and we need to get in the playoffs, which if they expand it like they're talking about, I mean, you very well could be in a few years. Maybe. But if it's a four-team playoff, This ain't going to cut it. You like Vince McMahon in the WWE, no chance in hell. Gracious <laughs> <laughs> day, old Mr. McMahon. <laughs> but you just got to you gotta tighten this thing up, Mac. Come on, Big Mac, you can do it. I know you can. Yeah, I mean, you've had some great teams in the past. You look at the Texas days of Vince Young, I mean, that was a hell of a defense that year. Shut down USC in the national championship. Mm-hmm. But. Now, one thing that I can say that they've actually done pretty well this offseason is they do have a couple of freshmen coming in that look like they should do some good for that defense. Now, I don't know if they're going to be starters right away or not. But you got a big five-star defensive lineman, Keyshawn Silver, coming in. He's six foot six and two hundred and seventy-five pounds. Also played basketball back in high school. Yeah, he's probably got a good vertical jump on him then too. Yes, sir. I didn't uh, see a stat for his vertical, but uh, man, six foot six, you you can you can imagine. Hell yeah. Well, um, why don't you tell me about a few of them players? I'm gonna step over here real quick and get me a drink real fast. I'll let you talk with everybody and be breaking that down for a minute too. That sounds good. And, uh, you know, there's also a linebacker coming in. His name is Raniria Dalworth. Uh, 91 solo tackles. He had four and a half sacks with two INTs and one forced fumble. Uh, looks like that linebacker is, you know, going to be a man-child once he gets up to speed. Uh, got an athlete coming in, DeAndre Boykins, 35 tackles, five sacks, two INTs and two forced fumbles. So, I mean, they are filling up some of these holes. Um, I guess they're trying to put duct tape or something on it before they can get in and weld it, but I don't know. 
But what do you think about uh, what I've just mentioned? I'm sorry. What'd you say? <laughs> we all we all heard the beer in the the freezer rattling around. I don't know what you're talking about, man. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> uh, but um, yeah, that five star uh, Keyshawn Silver. What did you think about uh, uh, what I talked with him about with being that basketball six foot six at two seventy five? I mean, I think it'd be a hell of an athlete. I think it's a great start. Hell, one of the best defensive linemen of all time at North Carolina and also one of the best defensive linemen the NFL has ever seen, Julius Peppers. You know what he played? Basketball. The man, the myth, the legend. Oh, yes, sir. That was – hell, that was my favorite player to watch growing up. Yeah, what of mine, too. I mean, even though I'm a Steeler fan, you always keep the, kept an eye on Julius Peppers. Yes, sir. I mean, he – a lot of people didn't know that, but he was a dual-sport athlete there. He played basketball and football when he was in North Carolina for uh, the didn't, didn't he also have offers to go to the NBA, too? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of these guys – you get some double sport athletes like that, they they can be very impressive. It's a good start, but he's got more to work on than his D line. He needs to work on the linebacking core. He does have a senior this year. Mm-hmm. There was an ACC kickoff. He had a pretty decent year last year, but he he himself he had a lot of mistakes. But yep. you got to tighten up that linebacking core. You got a great outside linebacker getting all the sacks, but. Mm-hmm. That secondary, man, I mean, that's like a piece of Swiss cheese. There's way too many holes in it. It got exposed. You can't give up 607 yards to Wake Forest. No, you're 100% correct. And uh, as I mentioned while you was grabbing your drink, uh, we they did bring in an athlete. Uh, his name is DeAndre Boykins. I don't know if you heard the stats, but he had 35 tackles, five sacks, seven interceptions, and two forced fumbles. Sounds like the boy can uh, really lay the, the wood to you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's what this defense is going to have to do because if you can't stop these teams on third down, then you're going to have to get some playmakers on the field who can force some turnovers and get you the ball back at least. And they wasn't the best at that last year either. They they did okay. They made a few fumbles here and there, and they picked mm-hmm. off a pass or two. But you're going to have to really step up that turnover margin on defense because – if you can't stop them, you got to get the ball away from them. Yeah, you're going to have to do something. And this offense, you're going to have to grind it out a little bit more instead of just running points up on the scoreboard because that defense is already struggling. You score too fast, you ain't going to give them enough time to catch their breath. No. And I Clock mean, control. That's exactly right. And, I mean, with Ty Chandler coming in, at running back, I mean, he might be a good running back to do that. He was a good grinded-out guy for Tennessee. I mean, he had a pretty good year with him last year. He, he was a safe guy. He didn't fumble too much. That's the big thing. You want to make sure on offense you don't turn the ball over with your defense doing mm-hmm. that. Something they had a little issue with last year. But, I mean, Todd Chandler, he could do well with this offense. I mean, last year he took his happy meal and he ran. Yeah. Got the hell up out of damn McDonald's town. I mean, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, volunteer town. We're not going to get into Happy Meals today. but uh, We'll save that for another podcast. That's right, well, that's right. We'll save that Happy Meal for another day. We'll be talking about a different Big Mac then. Gracious day. <laughs> but, I mean, this defense, you're going to have to force some turnovers. You're going to have to force Got some turnovers. To. You're going to have to make some stops. I mean... The biggest problem is it's just not – you're not getting just exposed in the passing game. I mean, hell, these teams are running for 180, 200 yards, rushing yards on you every game. Yeah, you're not only getting thrown over the top, but, you know, they're they're running the ball down the middle. They're they're imposing their will on you, and that's what I was talking about, stepping up, being a man. you got to impose your will on people as well as a defensive player. I played defense in high school, and – once somebody got three, four yards on me, I was pissed off and ready to get to the next play to, you know, get me three or four yards back in the backfield. That's exactly right, man. You don't want to get pushed around. I mean, the season started off, and they looked pretty good. When they played Syracuse in the season opener last year, Syracuse didn't average but 2.8 yards a play. That's pretty damn impressive. You ain't lying. Then the next week, they played Boston College, and I mean, 
Boston College tore them up through there, 313 passing yards, but they only had 40 rushing yards. It looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Then the next week they played Virginia Tech, and I mean, damn, <laughs> 235 passing yards, 260 rushing yards. That's a pretty balanced offensive attack. That means they were moving the ball whichever way they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Florida State, 191 passing yards, 240 rushing yards. Not only were they balanced, but, hell, they were bullying you. Yeah. For running the ball. Nobody likes a bully. Then NC State, they got it back together. NC State had 400 passing yards. That ain't pretty, but only 35 rushing yards. So you say, hey, there's a little bit of hope there. Next week they play Virginia, 210 passing yards, 210 <laughs> rushing yards. Balanced attack. Yep. They did whatever they wanted. Duke, the damn Blue Who? Devils. Duke, <laughs> 220 passing, 185 rushing. Balanced attack. They were moving the ball both ways. I mean, every game after that, Wake Forest, 429 passing yards, 180 rushing yards. Shame on y'all. What the hell? God, that just makes me mad. Yeah. Now, you know, to those Duke Blue Devil fans and, those, you know, Wake Forest fans, we're, we're not really talking trash about your team. We're really not. You know, Wait. we're just trying to, to – we're just trying to say that if you want to be a top-tier team, you're going to have to beat those teams. And, I mean, Wake Forest, don't get me wrong, that Wake Forest has come a long way. They've they've become more, a lot more relevant in the last couple of years than they have for a long time. Yeah, probably ever. They got really well developed players. I mean, they ain't taking most of their recruiting is two and three star guys, but hell, they sending boys to the NFL and they really are at a surprising rate. Yeah, I mean, for be such a small school and do the recruiting they do, they they play pretty well. But I mean, Notre Dame last year. 280 passing yards, 200 rushing. Miami, you beat the snot off out of them. But Miami had 240 passing, 76 rushing. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, Texas A&M, 230 passing, 230 rushing. Balanced attack. I mean, when the offense, the opposing offense, if they can pass the ball when they want and do what they want to do, they can run the ball and be effective and do it whenever they want. It really puts you behind the eight ball because at that point you're at the mercy of them and then all the pressures on Sam Howell, all the pressures on your offense saying, hey, you got to go out there and you got to score because if you don't, they're going to. And then if you go out there and Sam Howell throws an interception or you lose a fumble, it really puts you behind the eight ball because then you go down two possessions. Or it could be a tied game, you give it up, now they got the lead. Now you're playing catch-up. I mean, you got to step it up on defense. Yeah, a lot of teams now, they're going to put up points. They're going to put up yards. I get that 100%, whatever. But you got to make some stops. You can't win every week when the opposing team's getting 40-plus points on you. You can't win every single shootout. It's not going to happen. And that's against these ACC teams, not Clemson, but some of the smaller schools. What are you going to do when you play, say, a damn Oklahoma Sooner or Clemson or Ohio State or, God forbid, Alabama? Or Georgia Bulldogs this year. It just goes back to what we were talking about whenever we were going over Clemson. Offense wins your games, but your defense wins your championships. And if you ain't got no defense, you ain't got no championship hopes. That's exactly right. I mean, you ain't going to have that elite defense years past where you're holding teams only 14 and 20 points a game. But you got to stop them at least one series. That's right. You ain't going to hold them 20 points every game. But you damn sure can't give them 40 points every single game. Shit, no. Look at Ole Miss last year with Lane Kiffin. Yeah, they put up a lot of yards. They put up a lot of points. But damn. Didn't help them out in a lot of those games either. Mm-mm. 
They still lost several. You can't win them all doing that. No. If you just want to go to a bowl game and win seven, eight games, cool. Hey, you can do that. You can put up stats. Everybody have a good time. Go win a bowl game. But if you want to be a contender, you want to go play for championships, you want to be the big man in town, you're going to have to step it up. I mean, prime example, talking about defense. Look at what happened when Clemson laid an egg in the playoffs on their defense. Well, see, I'm not trying to beat this defense. In the ground. I'm not trying to rag them. I'm hoping that I really, really hope they got it fixed. I'm telling you, I want to see this Tar Heel team do good. I want to see them be great. I would love to see a new a new contender come out to ACC besides Clemson. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there's guys that are getting it together just trying to do that. I mean, Boston College is getting something together. The Wake Forest, hell, who knows? Yeah. Miami, you never know. They might might be their year. They can never quit getting so many damn penalties every game. But I want to see them do great. But the problem I have is – Last year, you won a lot of games, and your offense was putting up to him 45 to 50 to 60 points week in, week out. Your offense ain't going to do that this year. You have proven that you have the be- one of the best quarterbacks in the game. Bar none. There's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Exactly, man. But, I mean, this offense – Ain't going to put up the points like they had last year. It would be amazing if they did. It'd be historical if they did. But the two running backs you lost, two wide receivers you lost, I mean, 4,800 yards total offense gone with them four guys. That's a damn lick. This offense ain't going to be able to be what it was last year. It's going to be good, but it ain't going to be great. This year, that defense is going to have to be good. It ain't got to be great, but it's going to have to at least be good to get them into contention for a championship. Listen, guys. North Carolina linebackers, North Carolina defensive backs, if you're listening, we beg you, buckle up your chin straps. Get your cleats tight. Get your head on straight and knock some people's heads off. Because you're going to have to do something this year. It can't be all on Sam Howell. Make some stops, man. Make some stops and some big moments. Don't be giving up 40 points a game. <clears throat> Y'all can do it all I'm saying, man. Is when the time comes where you need a big play, don't say, hey, I hope, I hope we can make this. I hope we can do this. Make it happen. Go out there and do the damn thing. Sometimes you got to go out there and you got to be the man. You got to grit your teeth. You got to bite down that chin strap. And you just got to say, damn, we're going to do this. We're going to make this stop right here. Don't say, oh, damn, I, they're, they might, they're getting ready to score on us. I hope Sam can bail us out. Well, speaking of North Carolina, just going over something that you just said. To quote a man that's famous in North Carolina, Ric Flair, to be the man, you have to beat the man. Woo. <laughs> but no, what I, I was Yeah, going, but right now they're not the man and they ain't beating the man right now either. That's what I'm saying though. To be the man you're gonna have to beat the man, so you're gonna have to tighten up them shin straps and go to work. Become the man. They gotta do something different. What they had last year is great, that's awesome. But if you want to win championships, you have to do something different this year. Got to. No way around it. I mean, Mac Brown, the big Mac daddy, hey. You got two defensive coordinators. One of the two of them ought to figure this damn thing out. That might be what's going on. You you got two different guys. Yeah. Two defensive coordinators, I mean, hell, that, that might be causing some confusion. And there was a lot of confusion out there last year. There was a lot of guys making blown coverages, and, I mean, they looked mixed up. Maybe that could be the issue. Maybe it ain't. I'm, not gonna, I'm definitely not going to say it's talent. 
they got it damn talent out there. They proved it time and time again last year. Yeah. You've seen moments of brilliance from all kinds of different defensive players. But they got to put it together and play as a unit. Play as a team on that side of the ball. Consistently. That's exactly right. Special teams. When you go out there, you're not on the field near as much as the defense, near as much as offense. But when you're on that field, you can lose a damn game or win a game. Look at the Virginia game. Look at Florida State. Mm-hmm. Special teams, when you're on that field, you're going to have to shoot for excellence. Don't just try to go out there and be average. Shoot for excellence. Because when you get blown up, look at that Florida State game. Next thing you know, I mean, you're trying to dig yourself out of a hole. It don't work out well. You can make or break a team. Special teams, guys, you are just as important as a damn quarterback. You might not be taking all the snaps that he is, but you know what? When there's three seconds left in the game and you need a 40-yard field goal, that quarterback can't kick that field goal. Nope, it's your time to become the man. That quarterback ain't on the field to block that damn defense either to keep him from getting through there and blocking that kick. Yep. You guys, you got to tighten up. Offense, you just got to try to maintain what you were doing. Hell, you just got to try to resemble it. You ain't even got to be as good as what you were. If you can just resemble it a little bit, you're going to be above average. And give your man at least two or three extra seconds. That's right. Special teams, you got to step it up. Defense, it's time to get mean. It's time to make these big stops. It's time to put somebody on their ass. I mean, hey, you can't be the nice guy. No. This is big boy stuff. You got to go out there and you got to smash some people. Time to headhunt, fellas. Open season. Show them you belong. That's what I'm saying. Everybody in college football now is knocking this North Carolina defense because they're saying, they're basically saying they don't belong. I'm not going to say that. But what I'm going to say is, Go out there and show us you do. Yeah. You didn't do that last year. I'm not going to say it's going to be the same thing. I'm asking you, no, I'm begging y'all, go out there and make a damn play. Prove us wrong. Prove everybody wrong. Show them that North Carolina's defense is the strength of this team. The offense is the strength last two years. Tell them, hey, guys, we know you're a little short. We got this. It's time to stop being a guy and become a dude. It's just that time. Let's get it done, fellas. That's exactly right. Well, uh, while we're sitting here, man, is there anything else you want to touch up on on this North Carolina team? Or No, I think we've about uh, done it all. Uh, what, uh, what did you think uh, whenever you watched over the, uh, the preseason film there in spring? You have anything you want to add to that? I don't want to get my hopes up and jinx myself. I don't want to jinx this defense. Mm. They looked a lot better. They still like they had a lot of room for improvement, but they looked a lot better than they did last season for sure. They gave up some plays. But, hell, who didn't last year to that offense? Right. They kept it a lot more down to a minimum. Wasn't near as many big plays and explosive plays. Uh, pass rush looked pretty good. Sam Howe, he still had a little bit of issue of uh, under pressure. Firing that ball out without really looking at who he was throwing at. Yeah, the biggest thing that I have with Sam Howe is when he gets in a hurry – like I said before, he likes to stare down the receiver. He likes to, to pump fake. He likes to just give it away beforehand. And I don't think he really knows what he's doing subconsciously. But it's still something that a lot of teams are going to be able to see and kind of counteract off of that. You You can't react on your first look. But I guess when you're getting – you know, 25 seconds to be able to throw the ball and figure out what you're going to do. I mean, you, you've got to try to get it off somehow, I guess. 
that's exactly right. But at the same time, hey, that's a plot. That's a plus. That's a positive to the defense. So, I mean, maybe Mac Brown lit a fire in her ass. Maybe Sam did. Maybe those guys on defense, same ones we saw this week at ACC kickoff, maybe they themselves said, you know what? We're tired of shit. It's our turn to carry this team. I hope they did. I really do. I do, too. And yeah, I'd like to be able to root for another Carolina team in the ACC. It'd be nice. It, it would be nice. But, uh. All in all, I got a lot of questions with this team. And I'm hoping Friday night, September the 3rd, them boys is going to answer them. Yes, sir. And it's going to be at Virginia Tech, too. So you're in for a slobber knocker either way. That's right. There's always a good time. It's always an exciting football game in Blacksburg. Yes, sir. But uh, with all this being said, I think we're going to wrap this one up. We appreciate everybody tuning in, and uh, I reckon we'll be seeing y'all soon. Yes, sir. Don't forget, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Tweet, tweet. Comment, like, subscribe, do whatever you got to do. That's right. Share it with your friends. Yes, sir. Get our names out there, and if you have any comments, concerns, questions, contact us. You know, keep an eye out for our polls, some of the teams that you might want us to, uh, to cover next. They're all up there. But we love y'all, and y'all take it easy, and we'll see you on the next one. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good evening. We might even be having a surprise show tomorrow night. We'll see how things go. Let's get it in.